Welcome to the Best Hour of Their Day podcast with your hosts, Jason Fernandez and me, Jason Ackerman. With more than 20 years in the business, as both coaches and affiliate owners, our passion is to help create world-class affiliates and coaches by building better boxes. Welcome to the best hour of your day. Papa Fern, I need you to do me a favor right now. I am your daddy. I need you to tell me the fable, the story that you've always, you told me and Katie this story many times over the years. About the guy in the woods, the the boy that cried wolf, the boy that cried, yeah, the boy that cried that's, affiliate ownership. That's you, the yeah, the, that's you, the boy <laughs> hey, that cried. Are you gonna do? I know this is way late, but like we just announced my victory in the open, even though it's well, you win by default because I was, uh, I had surgery, so it was, you had to, yeah, congrats, you had to congrats on beating a man that was incapacitated for two weeks. Yeah, all right, let's let's minimize this babble. I did. And let's I, did, get to the- I did work out five out of the last six days, though. <laughs> if, so. Hey, the listeners can't I tell scaled. this. I scaled. I scaled appropriately. You were in California with a lot of the you know, big hitters of CrossFit. This is this is weird because we are never so far ahead on our podcast that I have to think about what's happening in a month from now when this goes live. So I'm trying to ride that line of like, I know, like, so we haven't spoken as much in the last week because you've been out with the big hitters, the heavy hitters of a home office doing private stuff. We can't even talk. We'll call about. it. We'll call it people of my caliber. Yeah, pe- right. you know the highest of caliber. Right, yeah. right. People of my you caliber. Know. Um, no, it was cool. It was uh, so it, not that it matters, not a secret, but like they're doing a like a, a potential refresh or going through the process of what it would look like to essentially evaluate the level three, and then what it would look like in, in a, either a revamp or a refresh. And that's a, I had no idea what that entailed. Like it's it's a it's a pretty detailed uh arduous process from start to finish and we were this group which was you know like some like people that have been in the game for a hot minute lisa Mike gray todd whitman denise thomas like all the people you know like i was looking thinking about the the i might have been the most junior person in that room at nine years yeah, I mean, thinking about who was there, and Mike there's G. a couple of you haven't mentioned, Bobby Millsaps. Right? Bobby a Millsaps, of, Mike G. But all of them have, they're like 2004, 2005. Very, very long time. So, I mean, the average duration somebody had been in the training department was something like 10 years. And almost exclusively Flowmasters in that bunch. Um, and to, some Flowmasters to the point that they've been Flowmasters for so long, they've moved on. I mean, correct. Todd, yeah, correct. Todd's still a flow, right? Todd Whitman. Uh, he, yeah, a little. Just he doesn't work as much. Yeah. But Mike G was a long time flow. <clears throat> yeah, uh, he works in the Lisa uh, Ray. Lisa Ray. She still DT, is. Obviously. Mike Ray, who's the the medical director for the CrossFit Games. Uh, Another doctor. Know, such you know, as wasn't myself. wasn't yeah he wasn't uh, but he was on some of our staff for a while and then obviously did, I just want to did he tell you to say hi to me because we're doctors. Doc Ray. Yeah, so he, he was like he he's like, hey, listen, ask him if he got that rash medicine that I sent him to ask for. <laughs> That's HIPAA, Doctor Ray. Yeah, That's yeah. HIPAA. You shouldn't be telling people about that. Uh, what aisle can I find? That's the for crab Madison. Cream? That was for Madison. I mean, the, what aisle can I find the crab cream? Um, the, um, no, but it's cool because you kind of go through and you look at everything and 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 looking at everything. I, I can't discuss like what we discussed, but we looked at all of it. Like, what are the requirements to sit for the level three? Like all that kind of stuff. So it was, it was cool. Um. But we'll see what the outcome of that is, right? Because it is a process that so has to get approved. It has to go through a vetting process. But our job was to look at and evaluate it and, and, and 
supply the recommendations for which would then potentially look at um, possible rewrite for questions and stuff like that. So uh, I thought it was very productive. Amy was very happy, so I thought it was good. Amy Hollingsworth. Correct. She is the, she is the, who she's been on the podcast, but she is the certification guru inside of uh, HQ, we'll call it, because I have this shirt on that says HQ South on it. I was wondering, I, was, I didn't notice that shirt. You know, and, and Amy's husband is also Dan. a doctor, Dr. Dan Hollingsworth, I believe. Physical Cairo. therapy. Physical therapist. Physical therapy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, great dude, though. Great. Yeah. I mean, he was, yeah, he was there too. I saw him. He was yeah. just hanging out. Um, so, yeah, it was good. Um, yeah, it was great to hang with the crew and just, you know, talk all things CrossFit, you know, high and low levels. So, um, you know, and here, and to say this here, we don't know what's happening in a month with regard to some topics, but I can tell you what will be happening in one month is people will still be coaching CrossFit. Most likely. So, yes, we, we will still see some people coaching fitness and, you know, I think it's a great time to talk about it. You're, you're at the level three, which, you know, with the exception of obviously the level four is the highest credential you can earn currently. You talked about that too. What about me specifically? Uh, no, no, no. People that are good at coaching. We talked about that. The we talked about we talked about something you'll probably never achieve, which is mastery. So <laughs> we talked about what that would look like and what did and what, what was the discussion on the level four? Now my interest is peaked. Uh it it was broad in nature, like you know, and I can't talk about a ton of it because I it's not my place. Not not that I think it, it is um secret or anything like that, but I'm not the purveyor of that information. But what would that look like and in, in is there something past that or just the idea of this, the continual um, track or route to what CrossFit would consider uh, like either like, you know, a professor in jujitsu or like, or a master coach or something doctor, like that. Yeah, doctor, did the or, term doctor get right. tossed around? No, only when we were referring to the doctor. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it, it's, a, it's an interesting conversation. And I think uh, everybody's kind of on the same page. Now, what that looks like moving forward, obviously has a lot of moving pieces because then you have to think backwards and where that where does the level three sit now it's just an interesting well, conversation all good stuff right i do think when people that have earned the level three talk about the level four they're like oh why don't we have it and they don't realize when you're trying to get something kind of approved and you know credentialed and done properly it's a lot of work especially something like the level four which is you're taking something that's kind of subjective. Like I'm giving right. feedback, but I have to then make it so it's equal across. Like if I do it versus right. Fern does it versus Nicole Carroll does it. And then and then there's a conversation about does it need to be credentialed or accredited more specifically? If it's just our credential, then there's hmm. and then you already have something like the level three, which is accredited. What is the need? to have something else like above that because it's ours, right? Like, and, and, and you're not, nobody outside of what we do, we going to do is going to pursue or be able to get past that level three portion. Like it's just, it's just practically speaking, not going to be possible. If that sounds weird. Well, but and I also, I can see that perspective too. Cause it's like, you get your doctorate or whatever you get. That's typically the level in which now you need continuing ed. Right. And we're suggesting the level three does that. I think the only here's my you know the only reason there's a level four now is because they had done it as a level two and Correct. they needed to give people like me who had passed that something right once we did or else it's almost like well you're taking a step backwards when you get your level three. well kind of and, and but then it's just the conversation of what would that look like and what would it entail 
in order to get there is it, it's not you know and some would suggest that it's a it's not a one it's not one wicket that I have to get through it's a series of wickets and that would take months across that time frame you would have to check many boxes in order to get there you know like again using jujitsu because a lot of people know that it's you know so I have belt colors and then I have stripes right so if I have certain stripes well there's a lot of things between like brown and black right that I would need stripes yeah right you have more stripes in there so designing it more in line with that which is like it's not I just come and I sit like you would have to demonstrate you know high level of proficiency or mastery to get to the end when just like listen like everything else past this is how far in any one direction do you want to go but like you have demonstrated the the top level of proficiency slash mastery in this profession that would you know lend itself to being great and then you know there's a lot of other periphery questions like what does that mean for the coach like how is it valuable in any way or what does that mean for an affiliate you know um lots of you know hypothetical questions and, and just stuff to unpack. And I, I think it's, I, they're, they're great conversations. And I think the, I think there's a lot of really smart people, not me, not being one of them, but the uh, having those conversations about how and why and, and who and, and uh, all that stuff. And I think it's cool. I, I think it speaks very much to the pursuit of being a great coach inside the organization and what that should look like and, and really getting back to the, to the meat and potatoes of CrossFit, which is like, be the best possible coach you could be. And then it's trying to frame that up in some sort of structure so that people can get there. And this is kind of the topic of today, which is regardless who we're having this conversation, we're kind of like, we can't see, we're standing at the edge of the forest, which is like, we're re, we're trying to rewrite this. What does the next level of look like of that look like? And we can't see to, to the other end of the forest. To which some would say, well, it doesn't matter. Can you see one step in front of you? Well, then just do that. And that's where we're starting. And, and, but you could take that all the way back to being a level one, all the way down to coaching the air squat, which is, well, I don't necessarily need to see the end result. What I do need to see is what is the next step in that process um, in order to do that? And I think that's where a lot of coaches struggle. They're trying to see the end state when she's like, no, 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 just look right here. Like, I need you to look right here at this thing, whether it's like, look at the knee, look at that joint, what, look at your plan, look at your 12 month plan. And there's lots of levels to that, which I think is cool. Um, so, you know, whether you're trying to learn the air squad or whether you're trying to figure out how to get to level four, the process is the same. Like, what's the next step? How do I get there? And, and what would that entail? And that requires being a little bit more short-sighted, if you will. I know, I know it sounds terrible, but um, practically well, speaking. Yeah, and I, I, I want to look at that concept and take it to every day at the box. And right. this is something I've been talking about recently. You know, I just worked a level two, and I think that's the best place for you and I to kind of revisit this. Because you see it every every time we work a level two, you've got keep people coming back somewhere between zero and five years after their level one. And, you know, they start coaching and they're just like, a, a little lost, you know, and, and they look at us when we coach, you know, we do demonstrations of each evolution at the level two. And specifically at the beginning of Sunday, we do kind of our teach back. We take 10, somewhere around 10 participants, depending on how many are there. And we take them through one movement. And I coached the med ball clean this past Sunday. And when I didn't go to your group and your participants are looking at you, like you're a fucking Jedi, like, how did you just do that? And 
not you specifically, but no. people that are good at it. Right. Yeah. They think if it were you, if they were not, watching you, not I, the best. Yeah. I mean, whoever made that, whoever made the schedule for day one, day two, clearly overlooked that. And they're like, Oh, we were supposed to have a good coach. I always change. get put in that. I always get put in that role yeah. to be honest, but I, it's probably to make people feel good. They're like, you guys are pretty close. You guys <laughs> yeah, can are probably, this is, this, this is, is achievable. This is achievable. Like what Jay's <laughs> doing is not far off from where you guys are at right now. So, well, and it's funny because, you know, we get feedback on that and Matt Loden, who was the flow master this weekend. Great dude. I've not had a lot of opportunities to work with him. Oh, he really... moved. He used to be West coast and now he's down in Austin, Texas. He's like, yeah, he's like Houston. drippings, Texas. It's called. Okay. Um, so like just outside of Austin, right. but really, I really had a great time working with him and he was, you know, super genuine. And I told him all that. And, but one of the things he did say to me at the end was like, when he gave me feedback, he was like, the, you know, this will sound you know, like I'm tuning my own horn, but he was like, that was fantastic. But here's what I liked about it. He was like, you didn't dress it up. It was so basic that it was so good. He was like, and he said, I'll, I'll, oftentimes we do this and the trainers are like trying to impress each other. Meanwhile, you just literally were like, hey, we're going to deadlift. I'm looking for you to open your hips, squeeze your butt. And that's literally all I did. And I'm like, cool, that's what I'm watching. And I would walk around the, the 10 people. Then you said, hey, we're going to add a shrug. And I was like, hey, I'm looking for, to make sure you squeeze your butt before you shrug. And, and, you know, and I didn't even think about it because I never try to dress up coaching. Like I never try to keep it, make it fancy. I keep well, it. I mean, let's simple. be honest. Like you couldn't, if you tried. I couldn't if I tried, <laughs> yeah. but you know, they, what do they say? It's like, it's like putting makeup on a turd. It's still a turd. It's, te it's technically a pig, but we'll go with turd. Yeah. yeah, well, sure. It's still, it's, it's a pig. It just has makeup on it. Right. Um, but and I was like, cool. And, and that's, it really opened my eyes. And I've been back at the box here. And one of our coaches here at Ralston Creek, Anna is brand new. And, you know, she was just thrown into the fire by the owner, which is, you know, pros and cons to that. And she asked for feedback. She's like, no, no, I gave her like one big thing. And I'll tell people what I gave her, but she was like, okay, now what more? And I was like, nope, that's all you get. That's it. Like, if I give you more, you're going to not do any of it. And, you know, and I think it was because the feedback I gave her was so simple. She was like, well, can I have more than that? And, you know, and I want to be clear. This is what I told her. And what do you think about this, Fern? I said, look, Anna, you started on time. You ended on time. No one got hurt. And I had quite a bit of fun. I was like, that's 80%. Yeah. What percentage would you say that is? Say, say you got minimal coaching as in like, Hey, uh, can you squeeze your, but like coaching in the teaching sense, right? Like there was definitely pushing as in like cheerleader kind of coaching. And I would say there was a few like cues to other members, right? Mm -hmm. Like, Hey, I'd like for you to stay back in your heels a little more, but for the most part, it was minimal coaching, but I mean, presence and attitude through the group roof, group management through the roof. She's a great demonstrator. She looks the part. What would you say? Well, for the record, that's how it works. That's how you start. That's my how you point. start. There right. is no other route. And this is a point of supreme aggravation to me that, you know, people are poo-pooing on the, and I'm like, well, there's a difference between if you're a cheerleader for five years versus you're a cheerleader when you start. Uh, well, welcome to the club. Everybody was a cheerleader when they started because you don't know how to do anything else. Yeah. Right. Also, you're, you just suck all the way around. So the only thing you can control is pretty much presence and attitude and, and group management. Like those two things you and demonstration to some, Dem uh, to some extent. Right. But that even that to some degree takes like a little bit more experience. Like if you're going to understand where and how to demo, who's going to demo demonstrating faults versus even the ability properly. 
to do the movements maybe right. of so i would up. even say that is not first but what i can do is show up put a smile on my face to see people's names and i can have a plan and, well, and like and, and forget like even a good plan just a plan like shitty plan is better than no plan at all and yeah. so that is normal so i would say that is the starting point however that's different that if i come back in five years and the only two things that you still have are group management and presence and attitude i'm like well this has shown zero progression and we should have gotten to some of the other things so i think this is important and as, as a coach you know, back to your point, that is how you start. And we've talked about this before. That's where you start. And you should still focus on those things. I should still come up with a plan. I should still have a good attitude and smile and see people's names, that kind of stuff. And then going back to your, your point about giving her only one thing, well, a lot of people, they're like, hey, what else can I have? And I'm like, it, it, to which point, if you're, if you're good at giving feedback, you're going to withhold a lot of it because here's what's important about feedback. Number one, that it's received. And number two, that they did something with it. So I don't need to give you more. I need to go back and say, did you implement the feedback that I gave you the first time? Because outside of that, it's just a long list of shit to fix instead of saying, oh, well, now I'm stacking skills, right? So it's not, hey, it's not like I need to show do this cross circle queuing. I'm like, no, no, no. I need you to walk around the group and I need you to just demonstrate that you see the things that you said you went, you set out to see nothing past that. Not, did you do anything with it? Not like, did you have a plan? Did you see vertical torso or not the end? Like, that's all I want you to tell me. And it seems simplistic and it can be frustrating because you want all the goods. And I'm like, but herein lies the tricky part. That is the goods. What Matt Loden told you, which is like, you didn't dress it up. That is the goods. The ability to do that and make it fun is demonstration of mastery. And everybody oh, is wait, looking so am I a master? That. Katie, no, no. can you go back and edit the, uh, clip that out for me? I'm going to play it every night before I go to sleep. Yeah. You walked you right into that one. No, I listen, <laughs> I didn't walk into it. I, I, I will give Jay a lot of credit for a lot of things, uh, but I'll also not give him credit for me. You know what? Right. I didn't want to do this today, but I'm retiring. I'm done coaching. Oh, God, Did I, our, that's it. I'm a level four and I'm a master. All of our lives just got significantly <laughs> easier, Katie. Um, but that's but, the, you know, but it is the Einstein rule, right? Like it's like, hey, teach it. If you can't teach this to a kindergartner, this is you're you're not you don't actually understand it. But this goes back to many conversations that we have, and I and I, it's, this is worth hammering this point, which is if you are looking to progress, you cannot try to look through the forest. You need to look at one step in front of you. What is the one thing that I can do today? Whether it's walking into a class and say. I'm going to try to give more visual cues. So that means you have to do some homework on the run. It's a, it's a push press. Cool. Like what types of visual cues would you need to give? And then walk out there and did I execute that at the end of the day? This is what I used to do. And I don't remember who told me to do this, but I would walk in and I'd be like, I'm going to give only visual cues today. And that's, it seems a little bit over the top. The point is you're not going to be able to do it. But the point is I walked out there and I was, I was getting the reps in at practicing and understanding what makes a bad visual, visual cue, what makes a good visual cue, uh, how to say it, what words to use in combination with the visual. And, and every time you saw a fault, whether you wound up giving a visual cue or not, still you, on it, my it mind, went through your head, like, what would I do here? Right. And let and, me, can I throw one more layer into this? I yeah. think, be, I think the reason I got that feedback from Matt was he hasn't seen me I've been on staff 10 years, right? Mm -hmm. And he hasn't seen a lot of me coaching, but over the years at my level two teach back there, almost exclusively for like two years, I got, you don't do enough visual cues. You don't do enough visual cues. Right. And when Matt, one of the other pieces he gave me was like, man, you varied all of your cues. But to this day, when I'm at the level two, like I think, okay, 
I got to sprinkle in these visual cues because it's not natural for me. I'm verbal and I'm touchy. Right. And so, but so for me to give a visual cue takes, okay, deep breath, where would I implement this and what would I do? Yeah. And, and, and this is one of the things that I've been, I discussed with Denise and um, for anybody that's going to be taking the level two, I'm going to give you the keys to the kingdom right now, which is if you want to get the most, if you want to get the absolute most out of your two days with those red shirts in that, in that setting for level two, show up knowing some basic information, points of performance, what are the faults and progressions, whether they be the level one or your own that you think you're super fancy. But if you show up with those things, again, that is the step directly in front of you. And the reason I say that is because all the stuff that you're going to be working on in that setting, we're getting feedback is built on that information. And if you don't have it, you tried to jump to the end of the woods and it's not going to work. I'm going to keep pulling you back to the front end of the woods and be like, take this step. And you're like, no, no, I want to run it. Then I'm like, nope, take this step. Because inevitably, as an absolute statement, you're going to find a failure point if you skip that one. You're going to get stuck. You're not going to know what to do. And it's going to unravel very quickly. Well, and it's so funny to me because I give that feedback to so many people and they look at you like, okay, yeah, but for real, what, what should I do? And I'm like, no, 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 no. Go learn the, like to this day. I mean, if you're listening, I know 90% of our listeners right now, if we said, what are the points of performance of the press? They couldn't name all four. I'm positive. Right. And it's like, we've told you this. How long have we been doing this podcast? Literally three years. And I believe like maybe on the first episode, we right. said like, you need to learn this stuff. Cause here's what I wind, wind up telling people at the level twos. I don't see movement better than you. I know where to look better than you. And I say that over and over again. And, and so let me explain my process. I'd love to hear uh, your thoughts behind this friend. Let's say you have a group of eight and let's also okay. make this clear. We're talking typically about the teaching portion, which is also kind of synonymous with this specific warmup. Bless you, Katie. Bless you, Katie. Um, Katie's got the vid. Katie's got something. Katie's perpetually sick. She's like Madison. She's right. always you're unhealthy. You're not unhealthy. You're not. You're not. Where do you sit on the spectrum? Wow. She's on sickness. All right. She's sickness. <laughs> right sickness. now, you're I'm sick. always sickness. That's good. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. You're just. You know, well, it's a hedge, right? So <laughs> that hedge is bumping you back to sickness. Um. So I I tell people this. You have eight people. Let's give pick a movement, Fern. Push jerk. Push jerk. We're doing the push jerk today. So again, this is the specific warm up. We're teaching it. We're going to jump and land. We got eight people in class. So knowing we're going to do the push jerk, let's challenge Katie. You want to throw a little challenge to Katie right now, Fern? Katie's not prepared. She's Katie's sick. not prepared. Yeah. Let's I'll see give her what happens today. I give her a pass. Katie. I haven't seen her all week. Good to see her. I don't want to beat her up right now. But let's, let's oh, ask her a question. I think she's going to get this right. I think she's going to get it right, Katie. Katie, I'm going to coach the push jerk. What's the number one thing? Now, there's no right answer. Cause you can choose many things, but if, if I were going to pick one, there's a, there's a more right answer. There's a more right. answer. This is like the test where they're like, there's a couple answers that look right. One is more right. What's the point of performance we're probably looking for in the push chair, Katie vertical torso. Oh my goodness. Oh. This is so what? embarrassing. Should we edit this out? Should we just edit this out? Yeah. It's okay. We, what, we have like two options at this point. We edit this yeah. out or, or we Katie. fire Katie. Yeah, yeah. that's it. You already, I already got fired. This is <laughs> binary. And it's how, you know, and she's sick today. I don't want to do this on so, stage. She's again, sick. not to poo-poo on Katie because I, th well, this let's is, continue this for a this minute. This is part of the course. But this is this, this here and lies the point. And Katie's right. a great coach. Right. 
that's my point. This, this is, this actually is again, going back to the genesis of most coaches issue or their ceiling is we always come back to this point, which is like the baseline information, right? So maybe you asked a bad question. Let me ask a better question. Katie in the push jerk, what is the number one thing that I need to see happen for that to be executed at least remotely? Well, no, no, I don't know. Push jerk. Don't, don't overcomplicate it. Like if they don't do this, a lot of things are going to go wrong. Somebody the Jeopardy music. There you go. Hips oh, open, did you right? say hips so, open? Yeah. yeah. So again, this is a bit. Also, this is also a course on asking good questions, guys. So Katie, for the first one, Jay also set her up for failure. So okay, I'll give you that. I could have been better. It could have been a better question. That was my fault. I'll take. I'll take the ownership <laughs> on that. Um, so, so you're absolutely right. We want you know, and, and let's be clear to the listeners, we do want a vertical tour. So I would tell you this. You've probably covered that in the push press, right? And here's the big picture of it. Eight people in your class. Let's say I have no idea what they're going to look move like. Hey, guys, I'm going to demonstrate the push trick. This is what it looks like. Done. Boom. Now I'm going to put my PVC down or barbell if you're using a barbell. And I'm going to say, all we're going to do is jump and land. I want you to focus on one really important thing. I want you to squeeze your butt at the top. Those of you that have been here for a long time, we know you're not jumping a foot off the ground when you're push jerking. However, when you have 225 on the bar, when you have 185 on the bar, you best jump your ass as high as you can because you got 225 pounds pushing down on you. So I want you to jump high and that's all I'm looking for right now. I want to, you to squeeze your butt and then I'll probably throw in an inappropriate joke. If you don't squeeze your butt, I'm going to squeeze it for you. Cool. Good joke, right? No. I could that yeah. no. the list I'm giving the listeners a pause break because they're laughing really hard right now. Right. So, at, so, at your bad jokes. Yep. So anyway, and then, but here's the catch. Here's the rub, Katie. You walk around and I'm literally looking only for one thing, hip extension. Fern opens his hips. Hey Fern, you played nice D1 shot. basketball. Great job. Right. Now I look at you, Katie, and maybe you open your hips and accidentally, because I was so focused on your hips, I did see your torso angle. Maybe I didn't though. Who cares? My focus was hip extension. Then you do that for eight reps. Cool. Now we're going to put our hands up on our shoulders and we're going to build on this. Now I can look a little bit more at torso angle because we have our hands on our shoulders. Maybe it's a little easier to spot something Fern says all the time to give him credit. You have tons of vertical things that your affiliate from the rig to things on the wall, line people up, use that, use that rig as your, as your line of action, if you will, to see that stuff. Here's the big picture. You're taking this push jerk, which is literally half of an Olympic sport, right? It's part of the clean and jerk. Right. And we're simplifying it down to one thing. Did this athlete or did they not open their hips? And that's something ever since Fern said that, I believe it was our interview with Lindsay Andrew. It might've been with Cassidy when we were at Rife. And he was like, it's all about making things binary. Like I hear myself saying that all the time because it's so true. People want to pretend there's a lot of gray in coaching. There's not. Well, there's a lot of gray in coaching. There should be in coaching. I'm sorry, in movement. Movement, right. yeah, movement is right. not gray. It's 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 either there or it's not. Right, and that's where it's like: is their torso vertical? Did their hips open? Are their elbows up? And when I said that this past weekend at the level two, it really changed their perspective because at first, especially it's it's the front squat, right? Well, they're trying. No, it's a yes or no. Hey, their elbows are up or down. Which one? Your is kid it? tried to pee in the toilet. He happened to pee on the floor. Do you leave it there? Because he tried, or, or if I asked you, did up? he make? Or if, but if I asked you, did he make it all in the toilet? You'd be like, we made some of it in the toilet. No, I asked you a very specific question. Did oh. all of the pee go in the toilet? And the answer is obviously no. 
Yeah. Right? Whether he dribbled some on the seat Same or whether it's literally all over the wall, it doesn't matter. And that's the point, right? But I have to come, I still have to keep coming all the way back to the beginning. I have to come back to page one and read that and be like, it's all based on this information. Then everything from there are slow steps forward to get into more complex scenarios, not making it more complex, right? The scenarios get more complex, but my system stays the same. It's binary all the way through. And that's what I think everybody confuses. They're, the complexity of the scenario is not synonymous with making teaching complex, right? The principles apply all the way through, which is simple. One thing, maybe two, depending on what the position of the athlete. But again, that's the principle. I know where to look for multiple things and I know where to look for one thing. But it all has to go back for what am I looking for and not getting ahead of yourself because doing things very simply is what makes you masterful at anything. And that's where I want people to go back to. It's like you're, you're trying to look too far down the road. You're trying to look at your level three or your level two or your level four, whatever that's going to be. You're trying to look at coaching 20 athletes. Well, let's work on one and let's work on one portion of one athlete. And again, we've said this before. It's not cool. It, you're not going to be posting Instagram videos on this or making stories. Well, I do. I do. But, right? but what is cool is going through that process and understanding that it is in fact a process and then being a killer on the other side. Well, and you nope. bring up jujitsu, you bring up basketball, like Fern, you play D1 basketball. There must have been many a nights where your father took you out to the court and you shot free. Look, you're, you're a small white dude playing division one basketball. You got to have a high free throw percentage, I'm assuming. What was your free throw percentage? I still hold the record in my high school. Okay, let's, this is awkward. Hall of Man. Famer. Hall of Famer. <laughs> you, are you a Hall of Famer at your high school? Uh, yeah, my dad and I were inducted together. That was cool. Do you have a, like, is there a ring associated with that? Uh, no, I'd have a plaque though. Oh, we should so, put it up in the office. Well, just to be even more specific, not only do I hold the percentage record, he goes off on, he goes off on these kids. No, but this matters though, right? Because if you, you know, shot five and you made five, you're like, oh, 100%. And like, that doesn't matter. But I, not only do I have the percentage, I have most attempts and highest percentage. Right. And you know, it's funny because Roz and I were talking stats recently. I got down a stats rabbit hole, but you're right. Like, I was a 100% free throw shooter. Okay. You had, two shots versus right. like you had you went two for two. There's got to be a minimum though, to qualify for the award, I assume in college, right? Uh, pro for sure. Probably in college. I don't know what that is, but I would imagine. Yeah. You can't have, you can't have shot one, but here's the you know? point. I'm sure when you were doing it, you were like, dad, I want to dunk or dad, I want to play one-on-one -on -one. and your dad's like, Nope, free throws. And he's right. Cause the basics work. Oh, well, we can even unpack that and then relay it to coaching. It wasn't like how you like where you do it. It's just like, where do I put my foot? on the free throw line like and to be very specific i'm going to line up my big toe with the rim because yeah. in that position i want my my uh, index finger as i follow through to line up with my big toe and then you get into what's your routine like how far do you squat like how far do you need to squat like as a younger as a younger kid shooting free throws because you're weaker you, it needs to be more of a squat, but as you get older, then you change the position because your upper body is stronger. I'm not trying to waste any energy, like all these things, but it's no different than coaching. And there will be a progression there where like, as I, as I move to more complex scenarios, I will create more efficiency because I don't need to spend the energy on certain things anymore because I've either my plan has facilitated doing that or my skill set is just better. But it starts with that singular thing. Where do you put your toe? on the free throw line. Where do I look to
to see hip extension on the push jerk. That's how it starts. Not like, uh, we got to teach the rebend of the knees and making sure that all, like all this stuff is, I'm like, no, no, no. You make me, you, you make me laugh because whenever I put videos up, there's always like two to five haters that are like this drill, that drill, this drill. I'm like, Dude, you are overcomplicating coaching. And here's what I know about people like that. No one likes being coached by you. Like, okay, very few. Right. Great, very few. And they're the technical people, people with that brain. People like feeling like I understand that. I can do that. And this is fun. Well, the more complex the drill is, the smaller set of people that it applies to or is effective with. Right. Like there's there's an absolute inverse relationship between those two things. Like if it's overly complex, well, then it works on less people. But if I just say jump up and touch the ceiling, that works on everybody, barring like the obvious scenarios of like they have a physical limitation or an adaptive athlete. Like, obviously, that doesn't work. But everybody else jump. And I'm just like and I tell everybody I want them like, don't do a weightlifting jump. Just jump like a normal person. Otherwise, it's going to be weird and you're going to do it incorrectly. And even though I tell them that they jump and they do this little weird weightlifting jump and I walk up there and I hold a PVC pipe over that. And I'm like, i like, put it like, they're four like or five Oh, times. you mean jump? Right. Which that is what thing? I told you on. And I'm like, jump like that. I'm like, now do that. Because again, the, the push jerk in its most simple form is jumping and landing absent of a, of a PVC pipe, which is by the way, why we teach it that way in the progression. And if you do that, well, then you stop screwing up the other things. Cause we do know that there's inherently certain things that human beings know how to do sit, pick things up off the floor, put your hands underneath your head, run, jump. Even if you're not a great jumper, meaning you don't have high capacity for jumping, you understand mechanically, if I just told you to jump, you would do it. And you would more often than not, probably 99.9% of the time, do it correctly. Right. Like you tell me to jump. It doesn't look like fern jumping. I can tell you that much. But it looks like jumping. But it looks like a jump. Fern, what do you think about this? Ever since you and I have been on staff, it's like, we call it jump and land. And I always laugh at it. I'm like, let's just call it jump. Jump. Because if yeah. you don't land, something's going on. Like something happened. Gravity stopped or you I'm kept interested. your knees so bent. I'm intrigued. I'm <laughs> yeah. intrigued. Well, I'll, I'll always joke. And again, this is like, if you jump and land with straight legs, again. Yes, self- you push pressed. Well, no, because you wouldn't jump in a push press. But again, yes, self-correcting true. evolution. Yeah. You're going to do it one time. And you're like, that, that was painful. Right. Don't do that again. Right. I don't, I don't, there's certain things I don't need to t- like it. And again, going into the complexity, which is like, well, you know, as you're going to extend and then you're going to rebend the knees. And I'm like, or you could just have them jump and land. And the intuitive nature of that human natural movement, if we're talking about the descriptors of functional movements, will just happen. You don't have to teach it. Natural. Right. right. Madison natural. understands jumping already. She doesn't work. Right. right. You know, and it's funny, it's real world applicable too. And I'm going to say real world. I mean, in the box, I was taking a class. And we had a five by two push jerk and I teamed up with this young guy, Joel, he's newer to CrossFit, but he overthinks every movement overthinks it. He had, you know, he was push jerking like 55 pounds. She's much stronger than that, but he's still over. So anyway, he's like basically doing a push press. You see this and then he rebends and I'm like, you're already locked out, dude. So a, you've already finished that rep, but I was like, how about this? All I want you to do on this next one is jump. He nearly took his face off. Right. He literally nearly broke his nose. And I was like, that's what happens. Like you, you, all, all I did was take this complex thing and say, jump, but let's, let's, 
we're going deep down this rabbit hole, but I, I do think part of it there's, is in, there's endless examples of this concept though. Which right. Is, we're just you, using one. You need to be movement. a reductionist with regard to all of this is like but, where, but, wherever you're trying to go, it needs to be all the way reverse engineered. Be like, what's the next step? The next and, step and, is I need to be better at whatever. Let me just wrap up the, the this jump <clears throat> portion of the pusher. People are like, Oh, but you know, the Olympic lifters X, Y, Z. And it's like, cool. Grandma walks into class. She's not going to be able to differentiate between I'm using PVC and I'm trying to PR. She just needs to know this movement is a jump. Right. And yeah. that's, that, and that's where it's like, you and I talk about this all the time offline where it's like, you're so Im immersed in this CrossFit thing. You forget the rest of the world doesn't do not only CrossFit exercise period. So when you're like, Oh, we got to make it super nuanced. Like, Nope. You got to teach grandma. Look at everything. I, I try to look at everything. Now my mom is my grandma's age, if that's, you know, whatever that means. But, you know, my point is I look at like mom, like, would my mom understand, hey, I need you to open your hips and extend your knees and then I need you to know. But if I was like, mom, can you just jump off the ground a little bit? It's going to look goofy as fuck, but she's going to understand it. It'll probably be pretty close. To right, what I do, yeah, it's genetics. No, but know? I mean, it'll be pretty close to proper mechanics because, again, it, it same thing with the deadlift. If you want to simplify you that, you can't deadlift. do it wrong, right? You can't jump wrong, right? I mean, you could, but it would be, but again, it would be very it weird. Would, you'd either have to try to do it, or they, or they would immediately be like, "That's weird. I don't know why that happened," because you're overthinking it. Same thing with the deadlift. Like, hey, take this PVC pipe. I don't know. Put a third away up your shin, and then when you put once you put the bar there, just push your knees forward until your eyes and chest are facing forward, and they'll get and there, just, and then just stand. And then, yeah, and then, oh, this is, that's a funny one too. And they're like, they'll put people in the deadlift and they're like, all right, relax. And I'm like, they just did a deadlift. Just, yeah, you, I, you I, didn't need to do the rest and stand up. I'm like, the action of that, that is reps that you're wasting. I said that exact cue this weekend that some dude like coaching the hell out of the setup. And then every time I relax, I'm like, that's the deadlift. This. Why don't you just have him stand there? And that was like 10 reps of the deadlift. Right. And then you would have gotten way better feedback and you could see a whole lot more. So anyway, it was like earth shattering. So but that, so and again, we can use that deadlift to, to do this concept, which is I need to get them in a good and a close enough position. So if I just say, Hey, put the PVC pipe, a third of the way up your shin, push through your knees forward until your eyes and your chest are facing forward close enough. Then it's my job to know, okay, where is the shoulder relative to the bar? And then I just make the adjustment and we're there. Again, we're there. Like, we're, is it perfect? No, that wasn't the goal. It was to get pretty damn close. Like, if you can get those two things done relatively quickly, you're like 99% of the way there. But I think, yes, they can have some things go wrong on the way down. Okay, cool. That's your job to fix it. Yeah. And that, but the thing is, I find, you know, there's, you know, you try to see everything, you see nothing. That's kind of the same analogy as your forest story, right? Like, you see nothing. So, and so I, you go big picture. If you try to look at everyone, you see no one. If you try to see everything, you see nothing. So what are we learning? Well, for one, take advantage of the static positions. Because if you have eight people in class, you can literally give 100 cues in that static position. It's, it is the way to stack cues. It's infinite. But no, keep in mind, you're, you're only limited by how much time you want to leave them in that static position. However, and it's, you know, in, in the push jerk, it's PVC on the shoulders. You can right. leave them there for a half hour. But don't do that. 30 seconds top, I mean, 10 seconds really. 10, yeah. Yeah. But then I would say, then you say go or jump or whatever the command you want to use. Look at one small thing. That's it. And and you know what? Anna, who if she were coaching, I would and it would say we were doing a push jerk. I would say, Anna, this entire hour, all you get to look for is push jerk. I, I'm sorry, is hip extension. That's it. Right, that's it. You don't get to look for anything else unless it's like so glaringly obvious, like someone landed with bent elbows or you know, something or they're going to hurt themselves. I would say this entire hour, hip extension, hip, that's all you look for. 
and you're going to you're going to call it your members are going to now you're giving cues even if again that cue is like jay man you crushed hip extension today thank you like now i note that or you know hey you know squeeze your butt jump higher you're, you're going to develop more cues as well and if all you're doing is that and say fern isn't opening their hips for his hips and man i gave him four verbal cues now what do i have to do ah I have to think of a different style because Fern's a visual learner. That's the needs- next step. Right. That's the next step. And, and, and here's, and here's, cause I think people are looking at us and are like, yeah, whatever. But, but here's, here's what's cool about this. Deducing it down to, to one thing. And then the deducing it, or reducing. Uh, I think it's both. Katie. But, um, deducing. Um, yeah, we'll find out. We like to keep proper grammar on this. Right. Well, you got it, Katie. You got the answer already. Google it. No, she doesn't wait. So, but the point of this is, if I do that, the, the impact or the outcome is immediate. So uh, I did a level two at uh, Mayhem recently, and there was a, I forget who the individual, but they were teaching the press and they were walking around and they're, you know, calling a bunch of reps and, but nothing was happening. They weren't saying anything. There was no, there was no improvement in the movement. So I said, Hey, what's the, like, give me one thing about the press that you would want to see. Like what, like one point of performance and like elbows in front of the bar. I'm like, okay, cool. And that's actually what I wanted them to say. But I was like, just whatever you want. doesn't matter. Like, let's pick it. I said, you can look at nothing else other than front rack. And I want you to tell me every single person who could have a better position as they went around. She starts going around the room, every single person in the group. So she went from nothing to a hundred percent engagement in one round simply by taking what she was looking at, reducing it or deducing to one thing. And then the outcome of that is so substantial. It could not be overstated, which is, I'm like, cool. Do you see the impact of not looking at all things? It, it starts with one. And crazy. then from there, then from there, you can look at the next step, whether that be, how do I see a dynamic cue or what is the order with which I look at all of these things? Again, all go back to what, what, what it's supposed to happen in this movement, points, performance, faults, progressions. But it's all built on that, and then you execute it one at a time. And we've said this before. The only difference between somebody who is exceptional at this and somebody who's beginning is how fast they work through that process. But that's not where it started. Yeah, and you just, again, I think, you know, in summary on this, what did you find that answer out, Katie? Yeah, it's supposed to be, it's reduce. Reduces, reduce, brings down the size, quantity or quality or what value of intensity. That's deduce like a, is to arrive at reasoning, right. draw a logical conclusion. So it could be, yeah. Yeah. If we'll by reducing one. it, you could deduce the answer. Okay, um, right, you could. So, but again, going back to where you were going to go, where I think you were going to go with this, Jay, is like, if you want to be good at this, the first thing you have to commit to is making it simple. Like that's how you get better at coaching. Look, right. look at whatever you're coaching tomorrow or the next time you coach. And we want you to pick out one movement and one fault on that right. movement. That's right. it. That's Literally it. start there. Now, here's the thing. Like we said, if you're doing uh deadlifts and you're like, I'm looking at the hip and shoulder angle and someone's pulling and they're going to break their spine. Stop that. Well, it'll be Don't obvious. See. You won't have to look real hard for that. You'd be like, oh, dumpster fire. Okay, fix right. it. That's that's an emergency. But if you fix look it. for one thing, all of a sudden, other things become a little more off. Not, not day one. If Hey, and you know what? Kudos to you if you do this and you're like, man, I didn't see anything else. That's great, too. You were so laser focused right. that all you saw was the thing at hand. That's That's okay, too. But if you happen to see other things, go for it. Just make it secondary, 
not the primary focus. And then, and then gauge yourself on the effectiveness of that at the end. And then for those of you who are worried about like, what about all these other things? Same thing I tell coaches at level one, level two tomorrow. It's not like you're never going back to the gym. It's not like they're never going to do these movements again. That is the beauty of CrossFit. Like I can't think of any other scenario in which you're going to get the volume of reps on these movement patterns in, in such a short amount of time. So it actually does make more sense. And you could progress faster. If you think about walking in there, one movement, one thing, and that's, I'm going to crush that one thing today, because again, I'm going to get a ton of practice on that one thing. Think about the number of, of reps you're going to get on that singular thing. If I focus on it that day and the next day I come back and I do the same thing. And I just stack those day and day and day after day after day, make it simple. You'll get through the forest way faster. Well, and let me, uh, that was a great place to wrap God up. God damn I just, it. You I really fucked that I do up. want to say one more thing because I think there's something to add to that because we are simplifying it so much. If you get better at this at the push jerk fern, where else are they getting better at this? Anything that involves hip opening. Right. That's my point. So you may look at it like, oh, I'm really only focusing on one fault on one movement. No, you're focusing on one fault on the clean, the snatch, even the thruster, when we go to, you know, it'll, it'll open your eyes for timing movements, such as the thruster, the push press, et cetera. Go, go Fern. Let's do it again. Come yeah, on. Fern, let's, let's it get it to go again. Right. So this is where we end the podcast with profound statement. Thanks for checking out this episode of the best hour of their day podcast. We appreciate you listening and choosing to have us help you and your passion for coaching and affiliate ownership. You can find more episodes just like this on all podcast platforms. If you're interested in learning more, you can reach out to us on any social media platforms, or you can visit www.besthouroftheirday.com to book a call. If you found this episode helpful for you, please share it so that we can help other coaches and affiliate owners to help build a bigger and stronger CrossFit community. Thanks for listening.